Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Mike Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. This morning, what I want to teach on, the title of it is Seasons Greetings. And when you look at it, you'll understand the question mark when we go a little bit farther. You know, when you hear the the term Seasons Greetings, it's a secular term. It's kind of like happy holidays. How many of you know what I'm saying? And I know this might be just kind of my little thing, but whenever somebody says that to me, I always say, Merry Christmas. How many of you know what I'm saying? I always, that's just kind of uh, something I do. My, yeah, I know, honey, you do. Is, uh, but what it is, is, is that, you know, you think about it, is right now in Michigan, we're getting ready for a natural season thing is we're getting ready to go into another season. Do we have any winter lovers here? You just love winter. That's okay. I think it's, I think it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Where you're just like, uh, you just love winter and, and winter is your thing. And you know what I'm saying? And then you got people over on the, on the other side. Some people just absolutely dread winter. Do we have any winter dreaders in here? Okay. We, you're just like, you know, it, and and what it is, is you think about it is I remember that the first year that we moved here is, um, we came from San Diego. And so I'd never really farthest North I'd ever lived was central Texas or no Oklahoma to go to school. And so we moved here in and about the end of October, I remember a person came to me and they said, they, they said to me, Hey, um, what are we going to do about, um, snow and the winter and snow plowing? And I looked at them and I was kind of perplexed. I thought I looked at them and, and, and I'm not, and I'm not good. This is what I said. I said, well, it'll melt. How many of you know what I'm that, that's what I, because every place I had ever seen snow, that it would fall, but within like 12 or 20 hours, it would melt. That's the only time. And so I said, it'll melt. And they laughed at me and they looked at me and they said, you got to realize that what comes down in December is going to be there till March. That's what they said. And I was like, Are you? I went on my wife. They told me this. And she said, yeah, that's true. So, and, and, and I, I remember I, I was like, oh my gosh. So we had to find a plow truck, figured out the most reasonable way and thankful for the plow crew. There's a crew here that, that plows, but found a plow truck for 3,500 bucks and it lasted for a while. And then we had to get another one. But when you talk about seasons, God wants us to greet each season with faith with courage, and with optimism in our life. And what I want to do is I want to look at, um, if you, they're going to put it up on the, on the screen, but in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, it's talking about uh, David had been anointed king, but he's not king. He actually had not gone into the kingdom yet. And so he's, Saul has been persecuting him and trying to kill him. And so he's living in this town called Ziklag. And while he's there, different people from the different tribes of Israel are coming in their warriors and they're joining themselves to David before he's the king. And I would encourage you read the entire chapter because it lists these 
these, um, these guys that are warriors, and it says things like this, that, I mean, in literally thousands of them, over 10,000, if you add them all up, uh, I, I mean, there were just thousands of guys that were coming, and it would say things like this about them, that like, these 2,000 could shoot a bow and arrow from their right hand or their left and be just as accurate. They could sling a stone from their right hand or their, what is that, abidextrous. <laughs> Anybody abidextrous? Is they, they, could, they could do, and they were just as accurate. And it just goes on and on, and it lists them, and then it comes down to this small group, and it describes them in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22. And it says this, of the tribe of Iskar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Notice the statement there that these people, there was 200 of them, they were a small group of them, but what it says about them is that they understood the times or the season that they lived in and what to do in that season. They understood, and I want you to think about this for a moment, because you can have all of the warriors, you can have all of the resources, you can have all of the strength, you could have everything natural, but if you can't read the seasons and what to do when things happen, none of that will be productive. And you look at this small group, do you know that Iskar, what his name means, is it means he will bring a reward. See, they understood that they, what they understood the season they were living in, and they understood what to do in the season that they were living in. And I, I believe this, if there has ever been a time that we need to be grounded and sense God in order our lives according to his word and what his promises say, it is now. It is right now. If there has ever been a time, you know, when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth, he spoke to the disciples about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he said this in John 14, verse 16 and 17. He said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. And then the Amplified actually gives us the truest definition. We're gonna see he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but then the Amplified defines the role of the Holy Spirit and what he'll do in our life. The Holy Spirit is not just some nebulous cloud like Casper the Friendly Ghost that floats around. Look at what Jesus said he would do. He said that, he, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another helper. And this word helper, which is the Holy Spirit, what he's going to do is he's going to be a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor. He's going to counsel me, a strengthener, and a standby. And look at what he said, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take into its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. What I want you to notice is Jesus is talking to them, getting ready, and he said, the Holy Spirit, this is what he's going to do when he comes. Look at what it says in John 16, 7 talking about the Holy Spirit. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, and here he is again, the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. You know, we right now are coming to the end of 2020. We got about a month left. How many of you are ready to turn the page on 2020? We're going, everybody's like, oh, yes. How many of you, if we could just like close our eyes and rapture right now till January 1st, we'd be like, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is, but I believe right now that God is wanting to breathe hope. He's wanting to breathe encouragement. He's wanting to breathe strength. He's wanting to breathe optimism into his kids' hearts and into his kids' life. 2020 has been a year of storms unlike any in my lifetime. It has been a year of storms. Everyone has been affected in some way by the storms. Some people minimally, others majorly. The minimally ones that, you know, you stop and maybe you didn't have any financial impact or any health-related impact, but people you love and people you know have. I mean, you're, you're running around now with a mask on all the time. You had a vacation plan, you, it got canceled. You can't even go out to dinner. How many of you know what I'm saying? I am waiting for Taco Bell to come out with a food cannon that can hit you on the run. How many of you know what I'm saying? Is, but what it is, is I remember when this pandemic started, I had a Zoom call with my pastor and several other pastors. And they were talking, everybody was kind of talking. They had just announced that, that um, President Trump had just announced that we were going to shut the country down for 15 days. And then we were going to reopen it when we got a grip on it after 15 days. We're nine months later and we're still doing the same thing. Are you with me right now? Is, and I remember, you know, everybody was talking. Somebody in the call said, you know what's going to happen? They're going to shut everything down for 15 days. They're going to get a grip on it. And come fall, everybody is going to be like, what? What? I forgot all about it. We're so far past that. I'm like, well, we're here right now, and we have not forgot about it. Are you in? I mean, I, I just remember, you know, I mean, 2020 has been a year of racial issues that had been swept under the carpet that now are being forced to be addressed and adjusted. We've had an election cycle with political hatred and incivility unlike any I have ever seen in my entire life where people that used to be friends, they can't even talk. They can't even sit down and have a discussion. Just a major, I mean, right now, I think for many people, there has been a distrust that has been sown in us toward all of our sources of information that previously we trusted and previously we believed. And now all of a the sudden, there's this huge level of distrust in the information that we're getting. Is it accurate? Is it not accurate? Can I depend on it? Can I not? There's a huge, today, there's a huge distrust for authority. 
authority, for the government, and for everything. And you know, I believe that right now that in you, we have to stop and, and grasp what the Bible says, that we live in a fallen world and it is not intended as God created it to be. It's not intended. And 2020 has been a year of storms. God only knew, not only knew about 2020, but if we'll seek him, just like the sons of Iskar, God will reveal to us the seasons and the plans for our life. He'll reveal to us, he'll show us, and he'll help. See, whenever we're in a storm, the tendency and the temptation can be that we get so absorbed with what is going on around us that we're not paying attention to what's happening in us. See, when I get so absorbed with what's going on around me, the stuff that gets in my heart, understand it is going to affect the next season and possibly the rest of my life. Is we cannot, we are not going to control the storms around us, but what we can control is what we let get in our heart. What, what the beliefs and, 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 and what we let. And it's imperative that we're aware of what's going on in us because what's going on in us is way more important than what's going on around us. It's way more important. You know, when the storm has passed, what's in me remains. It's in me. And if it was good stuff that was sown in me, then it actually serves to better me in my life after the storm. But if it was the wrong stuff that got in me, then it serves as a detriment and a hindrance to what God has for me in my next season of my life. And this season is going to pass. You know, Jesus shared a parable about storms and what we need to be aware of in our life and applying ourselves to do when storms hit, where we stop. Because this is not going to be, this is, and I, as I said, this is, this is the, the biggest storm yearly that I've ever seen in my life. Is anybody there with me? Where it's just been like, this has just been a crazier, but I promise you this, you're going to face more storms. You're, we're going to face more storms. And we need to be able to stop and know the season we're in and what to do. The next time you're in a storm, stop and say, okay, like the sons of Iskar, God said he's going to reward me in this, but I need to know what to do while I'm facing this storm. And I want you, if you brought your Bibles, you can just go there. They'll have it on the screen. It's also on the uh, church app. But uh, I want to read a, a verse. We're going to read Matthew 7, 21, and then we're going to jump to verse uh, 24 through verse 27. Jesus said this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only those now look at this word, who persist in doing the will of my heavenly father. What I want you to notice is the word persist. It's not enough to know I have to be persistent. What storms are is they're persistent and we must be more persistent. And I want to pick it up in verse 24 and it says, it, Jesus said this, Everyone who hears my teachings and applies it to their life can be compared to a wise person who built their house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came with fierce winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. 
But everyone who hears my teachings and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish person who built their house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon the house, it collapsed and it was swept away. I want to give you four takeaways in this story that I believe we need to apply. He's talking about those we could say they were Christians. That's us. They heard the Bible. That would be us. They heard the word. That would be us. But they went through a storm. Realize this, that storms come to good people and storms come to bad people. It isn't because of something you've done that you're in a storm. Many storms we have no control over, but this is number one. The purpose of the teachings of the Bible is to give us a secure foundation for life. That is the purpose. What I want you to notice is Jesus said that a secure foundation is the purpose for the teachings of the Bible. Yes, the Bible does so much more. It encourages me. It lifts me. It brings peace to me. It brings joy to me. It stabilizes me. It gives me clarity. But before it ever does that, Jesus said what it needs to do is be a foundation in your life that it is the bedrock that you build on. And the reason that the, the purpose of the teachings of the Bible is to give me a secure foundation. Before everything else the Bible does, we've got to settle that it's the only secure foundation. I can't do that for you. You can't do it simply listening to the Bible. It has to be a transition from, I heard this, now I'm going to build my life on this. And when the storm comes, I'll stand. I'll stand. I'll stand. And what it, it does is it'll stand up to anything life throws at it. You know, I'm going to go through storms. They're not fun. They're challenging to everything that I've built. But what they do reveal is my foundation and what I really believe. That's what they reveal. That's what they reveal. And I remember when our kids were young, and one of them was in the bathroom, puking, throwing up, hugging the bull. And in between puking, you know, Ooh, and then stop and then, will somebody get in here and pray for me? <laughs> I thought, I did that. I thought, that's kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, okay, I'm puking, but I know where my help comes from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, 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 and realize this, that in the gospel of Luke, this story, the word foundation is used three times in two verses. God wants us to get down that the Bible is not a book of suggestions. It's not a book of options. It's a book of stability and foundation. And that if I just simply read the Bible as though it is just, it's optional. Understand everything down here is unstable. I would venture to say coming into 2020, some of you had some plans that probably got blown out of the water in 2020. I, this is what we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Micah and Grace are getting married end of December. And it's like, yeah, I, I had people that I married in June 
that they went, that the place that they were getting married went from this number to this number to this number to this number. How do you notify guests you didn't make the cut? How many of you know what I'm saying? How do you, it was just like, that is, it is just, and, and what it is, is everything. What this year has revealed is everything down here is unstable. God is the only one that's stable. He's the only one that's stable. Number two is this, is storms come on all of us and they have a redemptive purpose. They have a redemptive purpose. You say, what do you mean? If you look up the word redeem, what it means is it means to buy back, it means to rescue, and it means to deliver. You say, how does a storm have a redemptive purpose in my life? Because if I will respond right to the storm, it will cause the junk in my heart to surface and I'll grow past it so it doesn't mess with my life in the future. Are you with me? Look at, and I want to, you know, last week Micah taught, did a great job, but he taught on the conversation that Jesus had with Peter. Do you remember? And he talked about the conversation and, and you remember he, he said to Peter, Peter, before the rooster crows, uh, before the rooster crows once, you're going to deny me three times. And do you remember Peter's response? I mean, if I could, can I put it in just our vernacular? Jesus, you've been drinking. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm Pete. I will die with you. Okay, as for these other 11, I can't speak for them. But I'm just going to tell you straight up, I am your man. Are you with me? I mean, pretty much that's what Peter said. Peter believed that. I don't think Peter was falsely saying that. Peter really, really believed it. And I want you to think about this for a moment. But the storm revealed something in Peter that he never even saw himself. And think about this for a moment. He had been with Jesus personally for three years and sat under Jesus' teaching day in and day out. He was taught by Jesus personally. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus went up to the Mount with Peter, James, and John, and the Bible says that Moses and Elijah and God spoke to him and said, this is my son, Peter, just be quiet and listen to him. You, you remember that, that story? I mean, he had, he, if you look, as he saw all the miracles, he saw Lazarus come out of the grave. He saw Jairus' daughter raised. He saw blind people healed. He saw leopards cleansed. He saw deaf people's ears open. He saw paralyzed people totally healed. He saw demons cast out. The Bible tells us that there were times and it doesn't even list them all, but it says all that came to Jesus were healed. Everybody that came. Peter witnessed this, but what I want you to notice is he never knew that this was in him until the storm hit. He never knew that this was in him, that I'll deny him. And you stop and you think about it, is what do I do when a storm reveals something that I didn't see before? It has a redemptive purpose. What storms do is they reveal. I believe right now in our lives, as we have come through this 2020, just a, a 
one storm after another, after another, after another. I believe that God is saying these storms have a redemptive purpose if you'll have a right heart and a right spirit where you'll look at it and you'll say, well, you know what? Yeah, that wasn't right, but man, it sure revealed this funkiness in me. It revealed this mindset in me. It revealed this thing in me. And God's like, bam, this is gonna, I'm gonna change the rest of your life because now you see it and before you didn't even see it. Are you with me today? Look at what it says in Proverbs 17, 3. It says, in the same way that gold and silver are refined by fire, the Lord purifies your heart by the tests and the trials of life. Now, I'm just going to be really honest. I don't like that verse. How many of you are with me? It's just like cafeteria Christianity cut that baby out. How many of you know what I'm saying? But God said this. Just as real as John 3.16, John 3.16, the same way that gold and silver are refined by fire. He said, the Lord purifies my heart through the tests and the trials of life. Wise people ask, what kind of garbage is this storm revealing in my life? What kind of garbage? What kind of attitude? What is it revealing? What's it revealing? Because, Lord, this storm is going to have a redemptive purpose. As long as we live in this fallen world, storms are going to happen. And if we'll let God, he'll use them in a redemptive process to bring freedom to our lives. Getting stuck in this fairness mentality. Well, this isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Just get over it. It ain't fair. My house got hit by the tornado, but my neighbors didn't. That ain't fair. So you're going to just stay there and let the water come in? Or are you going to just stop and say, I don't get it. I don't have to get it. It doesn't matter. In an unfair world, I serve a faithful God. In an unfair world, is that God, you're going to take this thing. And what? I am not going to let it rob me of the fullness of what you're going to bring in my life as I go through this thing with an awareness of what's going on on the inside. Number three is this, is we must get past the pain in order to receive the refining purpose. We, we've got to get past the pain. You say, what do you mean? How many, let's, can we just have an honest moment? I'm just going to give an honest moment. How many of us are just like reaction, reactionary when we're facing pain? And we're like a cat over water. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's just like reactionary. And it's like, just leave them alone for a day or so. They'll come back down to earth. How many of you know what I'm saying? They just react. You know, it's like the pain. Ah, this hurts. And they're flopping and you know what I'm saying? All over and just ah, puking all over everybody, bleeding all over it. You know what I'm saying? Just, oh, just all over the place, all over the place, all over the place. Realize this. We've got to get past the pain in order to, to see the refining purpose. If all we focus on is the pain, if all we focus on is this hurts, we are never going to see. Stop complaining and start praying and seeking. Just stop complaining. This hurts. I know it does. I, I get it. I know it hurts. I understand. I'm trying to be empathetic and sympathetic but I don't want to be pathetic. How many of you know what I'm saying? I want, to, I want to be, I want to help, but understand if all you're going to do is squeal 
And all you're going to do is, you know, and I understand some people got to do that for a little bit. How many of you are with me on that? And then once they get on, it's like, okay, I'm ready. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? You know, Joyce Meyer made this adage famous. She basically said, I can either get better or I can get bitter. Okay, I can get better through this or I can get better. And right now, we've come through a storm. I believe today that every one of us has made up our mind that God, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. Amen. Everybody online, I'm going to get better. Last one, number four is this. As there are four redemptive things that storms do. Number one is they reveal us. They have a way of pulling back the covers. They just do. That's what happened with Peter. Storms have a way of just kind of laying open what's there. That's what they do. Be okay with it. None of us are perfect. Let me just throw this out to all of us. Every one of us is a construction project. Just get comfortable with it. If you think you're perfect, you're more messed up than everybody else. Just get used to it. Just be like, okay, Lord, I am a construction project, and I'm okay with that. And, Lord, this just revealed something. So the first thing is they reveal us. The second thing they do is they remold us. And this is a positive or a negative based on what I let get in my heart. It's re- I, I'm going through this storm right now. I'm, I'm facing this. Positive is when I respond biblically to the storm. Negative is when I give in to my flesh and I give in to doing the wrong thing. It remolds me in that direction. It remolds me and the storm actually leaves me in a worse place than I want. And it's what it is, is maybe I just get negative and whatever, whatever. And now I'm having to deal with that once a storm. The next thing, the third thing. So they reveal us, they remold us, they refine us. Storms refine us. Say, what do you mean by that? Do you know that when you look at the word in the New Testament, the word test in temptation, they're in most contexts, they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable. You say, what do you mean by this? How many of you are grateful that the people that are driving on the road out here have passed a driving test? How many of you know what I'm saying? How many of you are grateful before that doctor begins to work on you, they've given him a few tests. How many of you know what I'm saying? And they're like, there's a level of competence. How many of you are grateful that your car went through a few tests? You went through a few tests. Realize this, that tests are God's way when we respond right of promoting us. But every time we faced a test, the enemy presents a temptation. He always does. You say, How do you know that? He did it with Jesus. Jesus was led to the wilderness to be tested, and the enemy came and tempted him to shortcut the test. See, when we go through a test, realize that the longest point between two areas is a shortcut. It's a shortcut. And when we go through a test, we have to stop and say, I realize it right now, in my life, that this is refining me, and I'm not going to give in to my flesh. I'm not going to give in and do the wrong thing, but because that is a temptation, Lord, I'm going to do this your way, and when we do it 
his way understand it refines us and we come out better. The last one is this, is they equip us. So they reveal us, they remold us, they refine us, and they equip us. What do you mean? They equip us for the next season unlike anything else can do in our life. When we go through a test, God says, I'm wanting to promote. It's going to equip. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know you don't understand. I know you're tempted to question. I know this person betrayed you. I know this person did this. I know it hurts. I know you planned on this, but I want you to know that I'm a good God, that I love you, that I have a plan for you, and that I'm going to bless you through this, but I need you to be more aware of what's going on on the inside than the pain you're feeling on the outside. And if you're more aware of what's going on on the inside, then what's going to happen is, is this particular, when you come to this test, is it's going to equip you for what I've got for your future. Amen? Amen. See, God is really good. See, I don't like storms. I don't either. I don't like them. I, I choose to go around them. How many of you know what I'm saying? I'd just be like, Lord, get this. This is the proper response. When Jesus faced the storm, he said this, God, is there any other way? But not my will, your will be done. See, that's the proper response. 